Today, there is so much talk about what is the true name of God. Some people say this, some people say that. But what did Jesus say? He said when he was praying in John 17 to the Father, he goes, I have manifested your name. What did he say his name was? I want to know. everybody to this week's episode of the doctrine of christ with myself and brother jimmy cooper it's a part of my week and a very blessed part to look forward to teaching this series every week as i have said many times and will say many more the doctrine of christ is the most important thing in your life and i mean that with all sincerity we're going to preface our lesson for this evening, which we would title Jesus Manifesting the Father's Name, with the text from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The Apostle Paul warned the people in Corinth that there was a danger in not grasping and focusing on the simplicity of Christ. Jesus himself gave the same warning in Matthew 18. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now Jesus sat down on absolute here. And these two scriptures will really set up the context for us receiving what is being said here. Because We can only grasp it when we come like a little child and believe the words of Christ, just like a little child trusts his earthly father. And this is an analogy that is going to uh, repeat itself throughout our study. And always, if we remember the words of Christ and the words of Paul, that truth is is in the simplicity of Christ, and error is in people trying to complicate what he said. And if you notice the strong statement in Matthew 18, if you don't do that, you're not going to enter the kingdom. You know, you don't want to do that? Well, fine, but you're not entering the kingdom. This is a huge point, and we cannot emphasize the importance of it. It's a barring from entry into the kingdom, and it addresses the principal question of how do we receive spiritual truth and spiritual nourishment. We do it 
by coming to Christ and trusting him and what he said, just like a little child trusts his earthly father. If, and it's not like you can do it this way or maybe that way. It's this way or the highway. This is the way. The truth is in the simplicity and purity of Christ. The error, as in miss the kingdom error, is in everything else. Now, let's go to John chapter 17 and the beauty and the purity and the simplicity of what Christ said and how available as it is to us all. And all we have to do is just shut out all of those voices that are trying to complicate and add this and add that. Just come to Jesus. Listen to what he said. John chapter 17, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 8. And now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. And in verse 6, Jesus made the statement that he had already manifested the name unto his followers. Now, let, let's, just, let's just take this from the top. And uh, this is just amazing. And w look at verse 5. What did Jesus call the Father? And now, O Father, <laughs> I have manifested thy name unto them. Uh, yeah, the name was Father. Father was the name that Jesus manifested unto his followers. And as we see, as we begin to study and understand God's self-revelation of himself and his word, that father is a comprehensive term that encompasses all of the attributes of God. We're going to look at some of the names in the Old Testament, um, Jehovah Rapha, El Shaddai, Jehovah Sabaoth, and all of these emphasize a certain aspect of the Father, but Father, if we just can comprehend this analogy of God being our Father, we understand He wants to provide, He wants to heal, all of these are encompassed in this word, and this is the name Oh, Father, I have manifested thy name. You know, if you, if you try to complicate this, you're going to go that way. If you receive the simplicity and the purity of it, there is going to be a truth here that is so powerful that it's going to explode in our hearts and yeah. in our souls. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, me included, when we read things like that, I've manifested thy name. I'm like, what, where is it? What, what did he say? What did he say his name was? You know, um, we're, we go back and look for a, a name, you know, like, did he call him Jehovah? Did he call him Yahweh? Did he call him, you know, what did he call him? Sure. And, uh, so you're saying that he manifested the name of God by the attributes that he showed throughout his ministry. No, Father is the name. Father is the name. 
father is the name. And in... Um, I mean, it I, makes sense. He said, pray like this, our father. Yeah, father's the name. in heaven. You know, and they'll say, well, father's not a name. Well, it is. And Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. And there's more than one. Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Father's a name. And father is the name, you see. And we're going to look. Um, well, we had Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. Well, when we understand our father, well, well sure, our father would want to heal us. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provideth. Well, sure, our father wants to provide. You see, father is a comprehensive term that if we can grasp this, all of the names hitherto revealed of the Father are right here. This is the name that was manifested unto the disciples to give us in one name a comprehensive understanding. And it's through an analogy, even those of us that didn't have a good earthly father, we understand what a good father is, maybe more than some that had a good father and didn't appreciate it. So this is analogy that everyone can understand. And this is the revelation, you see. And people stumble over it because they want to complicate it. Yeah, yeah. most people, you know, most fathers want to provide for their children. Most fathers want to uh he, get them healed when they're sick, you know? And so, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. Yeah. And there's three things in this text I want to touch on before we go on. Um, he manifested the name. He says, I have given them the words which thou gavest to me and that they know surely that I came out from thee. There are three things here that are tied together with a cord that are so important. And the giving them the words. And let's look at the scripture that in John 14, 23 and 24, this is such a important text that speaks so definitively to this. And in John chapter 14, receiving the words of Christ and obeying them, and understanding when we do that they're the words of the Father. This is what is required of us to believe. And if we don't believe this, we have deficient faith. Uh, John chapter 14, verses 23 and 24, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. And here, as Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, O Father, I have manifested thy name. And back in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, he taught him to pray, Our Father. You know, not just Jesus' Father, but our Father. Our Father yeah. That's the basis of the beginning of prayer. It's the basis of our understanding of how God wants to interact and reveal himself to us. It's all right there. And in the giving the words of the Father, and he says, they have 
obeyed. In other words, the disciples are on board. Yeah, uh, you're the son of God. He's your father. Yes, your words are his words. Check. We're on board with that. We're receiving your words as the words of the father. And the third thing in this text is that they know that I came forth from you. This is something that he had to get across to them. Number one, the name. Number two, the importance of the words. And number three, the source of Christ coming from the Father. Now, let's go to John chapter 5 and verse 24. And this is something that uh, if you reject it, you're rejecting salvation. Now, it's popular to bash the doctrine of the Godhead or the Trinity, if you will. And this is uh, done on a regular basis. It's extremely popular in the Hebrew movement to do this. Uh, they make a lot of hay out of that. But this is something we're going to see now if we can just be like a little child here. We'll see real quick how wrong this is and how dangerous. In John 5, 24, listen to the, the requirements that we have to believe if we're going to be saved. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, or his logos, his message, those red letters he gave to us, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. You don't believe the Father sent Jesus? You're out of luck, because this is what he requires us to believe. We are to hear, which means not just to enter our oratory canal there, uh, audio canal, I guess you'd call it, but to understand and believe, and to believe on the one that sent him hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation but it's passed from death to life. It's basic Christianity to believe that Jesus was sent by the Father. And there are those that want to um, come up with the nonsensical doctrine and the modalism and sabellism were the names given to this in the early church. And basically what they say is that God is like an actor with three masks. And while God is playing the Father, there is no Son and Holy Ghost. And while Jesus was on earth, there was no Father in heaven because he's like one person playing three parts. Right. And these are appealing to people in the Hebrew root messianic because they think that to believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is against Judaism and the, their concept of monotheism. Well, how do they... It, how do they uh... When when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, and God spoke from heaven, "This is my Son." How did that? How did he? How did he pull that one off? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one, right yeah. there, for him, Joe Man. All three were all three forms of God were represented right there in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. and there is only one God. God is Echad. Hero, hero Israel, the Lord of God is one God, Echad. And there's a compound unity within the one God. There is one God, yet there are three that are called God. Mm -hmm. And this is what is explicitly taught 
And some people will say, you know, well, the father and the son, they weren't two men. Well, uh, let's look at John chapter eight, verse 17, and let's look at this text. And this is important in understanding the relation, the basic relationship that Jesus had with the father and his insistence that we believe that he came from the father and that the father was his father. And now he could be all of our fathers. Uh, John eight seventeen. it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself and the father that sent me beareth witness of me. And this is a foundational requirement that Jesus requires of us to believe that he was sent from the father that he manifested us the Father's name, and that he gave us the Father's words. These are uh, a trifecta in this text that are absolutely essential to salvation. And this is when Jesus said, if you don't humble yourself and come like a little child, you can't come. This is not where you want to get in and try to show how smart you are and complicate this up and you, you don't want to mess with this. You better come like a little child with simple childlike faith and realize it ain't all about your little self and how smart you think you are because you're going to thank yourself right into the bowels of hell. It's yeah. about all of us having childlike faith and through Jesus Christ getting to know our Heavenly Father. And you can't do it any other way except to humble yourself be converted like a little child. That's the only way into the kingdom, Jesus said. And then, and if we would just all do this, we're not doing anything here that requires a great intellectual capacity. Thankfully, (laughs) because I'd be out of luck. We'd be out of luck, wouldn't we? This is the most simple, straightforward truth that Jesus still is wanting everyone to receive and share. And it's been made, um, whoever thinks they're the smartest and to talk the fastest is king of the hill, you know, and that's just not the way it is with the father. The things that are highly esteemed above among men are abomination to God. Jesus said, now let's look at another text. Um, before we change our thought, let's look at first John two twenty two, And here in this text also, it emphasizes the tremendous danger of denying the father and the son. And we could do another lesson and take it further. And I'm sure we will that of the Holy ghost of uh, the father, the son and the Holy ghost and first uh, John two and two, or no, excuse me. First John chapter two, And verse 22, a very clear statement, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is antichrist that denieth the father and the son. We don't want to deny the father and the son. We don't want to deny that there is a father and that there is a son and that the father sent the son. This is just basic, simple stuff that you better believe instead of try to complicate. And uh, let's go to John chapter 16 and verse 23, and we'll see uh, and begin to understand how the revelation of the name unto us opens up our relationship with God and revelation 
uh, once we can go through this door, if you will, this might be called a key. And in John chapter 16, verse 23, um, the scripture says here, and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And this is the way that we are to pray. Very simple, very straightforward. We come to the Father in the name of Jesus. That is how we pray. And I know for me, I am absolutely knocking off all names that aren't right here in this book. It's going to be Jesus Christ. It'll be Father. It'll be Abba. It will be Jehovah. None of these modern inventions of men that they have come up with that have become so popular, it's going to be strictly right here in the book because I have seen so much devilment here. And the more that I study into it, the more that I am persuaded that this um, Hebrew root movement is straight out of the bowels of hell. And this is a good place to see how important it is right here where we either come into the kingdom with childlike faith or we complicate it and we go out of the kingdom. And you, you can't do it both. You can't say, well, I'm coming as a little child believing Jesus, but I think, uh, you know, I downloaded a stack of paper from the Internet and this guy tells me how to pronounce the name of God. And I like it better than this stack of paper I got from this other guy on to pronounce the name of God. And I like his Hebrew root Babel better than his. So I'm going with this, you know, that is just so much evil. That's all it is. It's evil mm -hmm. because it's trying to complicate the simple truths of Christ and it's causing people to miss the kingdom. Yeah. Even, even, uh, even I was struggling with that for a while and I'm like, Oh yeah. No, is it this way or that way? And then I was worried about. So then, when I would pray, I would just make sure I said them all, just to cover it, just to <laughs> make sure I said the right, the right version of it, you know. And you know, uh, the father smiles, just like when our kids get a little silly. We just love them anyway and smile. But uh, if we really love the father, we'll come out of that nonsense. Yeah. And. Uh, but it's confusing. And because of the mass of indoctrination and leaven that this movement has put in, um, and it is, it's leaven. Um, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, this is the text where Jesus taught us how to pray. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. And in the text, we read it in uh, John 16, 23. This is how you pray. You pray to your father in the name of Jesus. And here again, the father concept is uh, imparted unto all of us in that blessed inclusion that he wasn't just Jesus's father, but he's our father also. And in the gospel of Mark, we can look at chapter 14 and verse 36. And this is how Jesus prayed. He addressed, not only did he say that we can pray to our father, 
but that's how he prayed. And in John Mark 14, 36, this is Jesus praying to the Father. And in John 17, this is often called the high priestly prayer because Jesus praying. And, and we began, oh, Father, you know, I have manifested your name. He is in prayer, praying to his Father. He said, this is how you pray, our Father. And in Mark 14, 36, and he said, Abba, Father. And that Abba would be the words that a little Jewish child would say, uh, English baby would say, Dada, or Papa. The little Jewish child would say, Abba. And this is that child relationship of a little helpless child trusting a loving father. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. This is the most powerful revelation that a person could ever receive. And we can only receive this through humility and through childlike faith. In Galatians 4, Paul also used uh, the term Abba in a text and understood the importance of it. Galatians 4 and 6. And because ye are sons, you see, we are sons through adoption, co-heirs with Christ, join heirs with him. We talked about that in one lesson. God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The Holy Spirit in our hearts is crying out, Abba, Father, just like a little child longs for that relationship with his earthly father. We, through the Holy Ghost within us, uh, it's yearning and it's crying out. Now, and, but it's okay for us to say that too when we're praying, not just our Holy Spirit inside of us, but uh, us with our mind and with our mouth. Abba, Father. Yeah. 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 And that's the whole thing. I have manifested thy name unto them. And not just to those, but to us. He has given us that name. And in giving us that name, he is allowing us to share in the same relationship that he has with his father. I, I got to tell you, it's, it's been, uh, that's all I, I say now when I pray is our father uh, and father this and father that. And since I started doing that, it has felt more, um, right. Yeah. Than all the other things I was trying to do. And it just feels comforting father because oh, yeah. it does, invoke a thought process when you're saying father, you know, so yeah. that that's a comforting and, and one that you're supposed to be able to trust, you know, yeah. Doesn't always work out with earthly fathers and dads, but you know, the concept is you can totally trust your father. He will take care of you. He'll make sure you're safe. He'll make sure no harm to the, but you know, and if earthly men will do that to the best of their ability, how much more, you know, God, the father. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What a blessed revelation. Mm -hmm. 
Um, let's look at a text in Mark chapter 11. And let's begin to really think about what faith in God means. And um, in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. And in the margin notes, the King James translators say, there's a little note there that says, or have the faith of God. Now, what that means is, and uh, that we translated it this way, but this is also a proper understanding that it can mean have the faith of God, have faith in God or have the faith of God. And we're going to see that they are exactly the same thing. And that in the inerrant words that God gave, there is such a depth of truth. Now, having faith in God. Well, let's, let's, before we get there, let's, let's, um, let's read the next verse. Um, in verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, this word has been taken by Kenneth Hagin and many of his followers to teach that uh, we have to have a high level of faith that we build our faith through all kinds of different means and methods and that until our faith rises to a certain level and if it does that we can then say uh, one of his books was you can have whatever you say and it's the, called the name it claim it doctrine or blab it grab it it's been called a lot of things and i'll call it anything but right and good and uh, the idea is, and of course, then, well, you prayed, you didn't get it. Well, maybe you need to sow a seed. Oh, yeah, I bet that's it. Have you sowed a seed? Aha. Then, well, just sow a bigger seed. You just ain't got enough faith. If you really had faith, you'd sow a big seed, you see. And then if we can hold our breath and get red in the face and get our faith up high enough, we can finally begin to uh decree a thing and it'll come to pass and speak things into existence and all of these things. And that is also wrong. And we're going to show by a couple quick comparisons from the doctrine of Christ, just how wrong this is and just what this really means to have faith in God and to have the faith of God. Um, let's go to the gospel of Luke 17. We're going to read the parallel teachings in Luke and Matthew, and we're going to see real quick that a lot of people are trying to feed people some big porkies here. Um, Luke chapter 17, and let's look at the text in verse 5 and 6. And it says here, And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Now, this was the, the request of the apostles increase our faith. Now listen to what Jesus said to them. He didn't give them a whole bunch of things to do to increase their faith. He didn't tell them to sow a seed, but in fact, he tell, told them they didn't even need to do that. Listen to what he said in verse six. 
And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. You see, it's not how great our faith is, but what our faith is in. It's not whether we have five tons or 10 tons of faith, but if we just have the little bitty bit of a faith, and if it's in the right thing, that's what matters. It's not about us. It's about him, and it's our faith in him. And if we just really have a little bit of faith and it's in him, if it's really faith in God and the faith in God is the faith of God, because who was Jesus? He was God, wasn't he? And he didn't do anything except what he saw the father do. He revealed that everything he spoke was the father's words. He totally trusted his heavenly father and lived in absolute obedience to him. So the faith in God is the faith of God, which Jesus revealed to us when he gave us the name and manifested the father's name unto us, you say. And it's all about having that childlike faith to believe what Jesus said and to have the faith of God to place that in the proper thing. And faith for us as believers is centered in the cross. As born-again believers, everything that we receive is through our faith in what happened upon Calvary. From that flows healing. From that flows answered prayer. Every spiritual blessing and even every material blessing that we receive in answer to prayer all comes through the cross and what happened there. Not through us. Not through us doing some technique till we're red in the face and then we think we got enough faith. It's having faith in precisely the right thing. And that's what we're doing here. We're focusing. We're we're learning to put our faith like a laser beam right where it should be. And that's what understanding what the faith of God is and what faith in God is. Now, I'll read another text. Um, it's also confirmed um, in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 17 uh, and verse 20. It says here, Then came the disciples to Jesus and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible to you. Now, well, what was different, you think, because they uh, they had been they had been doing the same thing before, and it was working. What changed with them? Do you think it was a matter of focus? And did they uh, get caught up in? Do you think they just got caught up into look at what we're doing instead of? Could, you know, what's really going on here? There was a little of that going on, you know, uh, you know, Lord, would you like us to call fire down on these guys? Yeah. 
you know, and, uh, oh yeah, Jesus, can I be, uh, first in your kingdom? Uh, you know, can I be the first number one chair? So there was a lot of that going on and they become fearful, you know, just like Peter walking on the water and, you know, I'd probably got scared too. Uh, and he got, yeah, cause scared. we're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And he, or be he, able to do that. Yeah. And he lost focus, yeah. you know, and it's easy for us. So we don't want to be too hard on him, but, and, and this is the lesson he taught. Um, if you're, you're weak, that's okay. Just make sure that your, your weak faith is in me. And, um, in, you know, like Paul taught also in second Corinthians in your weakness, you're strong. When you're weak, I am strong. <laughs> and that's a real good thing mm. right there. Yeah. And it's not about us saying how great we are and how strong we are. It's coming like a little child and understanding that if our faith is truly focused in him. And by the way, humbling ourselves. Uh, when you're bragging about how great you are and how much faith you have, you're not really being too humble, are you? Mm. But, uh, you know, if you humble yourself and put a little mustard seed faith in the master, that's when things start to roll. That's when it'll start getting good. And you see, these are lessons to learn, um, to see uh, the kingdom power manifested. Um, well, let's just explode the sacred name movement here just a little bit. And, I mean, it's obviously for those that would just take a little time thinking about it, uh, this whole thing dissolves pretty quickly. I think that, but for a lot of people, it doesn't, there's so many caught up in it and it's a rabbit hole that really, um, is frightening. Um, and I, uh, another teaching I'm going to do in the near future is a study on all of the Hebrew Matthews that are touted. And there's several of them that they want to say is the original gospel of Matthew. And, oh my goodness. Uh, it is just rankly abominable, but let's go to Psalm 91. And, uh, oh, I in, love the, Psalm 91. in the 91st Psalm, which is one of the most beloved of all Psalms. And we're going to see in the first two verses of Psalm 91, four different names for God in just these first two verses of Psalm 91. And, as we read this and we understand the, we're going to look at um, some of the more prominent names that the father revealed to his people before Christ. And we're going to see, you know, just like I said, every one of these emphasizes a specific aspect of the father, but the word father, if we would just, do a little Puritan meditation on that. That would really come alive to what it really means. Yeah. I've manifested. Oh, father, I have manifested thy name. You know, they have kept your word. They know I came from you. You say, Oh boy, I like that a lot. And, uh, in Psalm 91, let's look at four names of God in two verses. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, there's number three, 
He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. There are four names. We have El Elyon, El Shaddai, Jehovah, and Elohim. Four names of God in two verses, each one with the intent of, and of course, David knew there weren't four gods. You know, this is ridiculous, but these are four different names of God that convey four different aspects. Now, let's look, or I guess attribute would yeah, be attributes. A, attribute would be the proper way to express that. Let's go to Exodus chapter 15. And in Exodus chapter 15, the text says here um, in verses 25 and 26, and he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight. Does that sound like a condition there, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Kind of like one of them conditions. And will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee, Jehovah Rapha. And we were going to be doing between Passover and Pentecost seven lessons on divine healing, each one of the seven lessons will be anchored in seven doctrines of Christ, seven sayings of Christ. I can't wait. In each lesson, and of course, between Passover and Pentecost, there were 49 days, and then the 50th day was the Feast of Pentecost. That might be kind of special, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. And we need to understand, once again, and we need to have this with, with what we've got going on with the coronavirus. And I believe this is just a warm-up. Uh, we're going to have to know that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. We're going to have to know that in the cross, and I was reading Thomas Manton uh, the other day on his sermons on Isaiah 53, talking about healing provided in the atonement, and boy, some pretty good stuff. And we have to understand that by his stripes on, the, on Calvary's cross, that our healing was provided. And we got to put this back, Romans 10, 17, and you see, um, it's not that increasing faith is a bad thing, but it's not um, the father responds to whatever level of faith we had. Um, Jarius, the ruler of the synagogue, he had to have Jesus come to lay hands on his daughter. And Jesus didn't need to do that, but he needed that. You know, he re Jesus responded to the level of faith he had. Mm -hmm. uh, the woman that had the spirit of infirmity in the Gospel of Luke, she had to touch him. And 
that wasn't even necessary, but it was for her. You know, she had to touch him. So that's okay. We'll respond to you where you are, you see. And Jesus will respond to genuine faith, whatever level we have, if we'll just put it in him and trust. Mm. And uh, this is the beautiful, um, the lesson that the master will t- is teaching us here. And in um, Genesis 22, let's... Uh, Let's look at this text here, Genesis 22 and verse 14. Um, and we'll just look at this one. And there's there's a lot. Uh, we could do it, an entire lesson on all the names of God. Uh, you can look them up and study them. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. And it's, uh, it, and it's just scripture. And you yeah. see, if it's Bible names, we're good to go. But when people start coming in with these hokey weirdo pronunciations, see you later. You know, I don't want nothing to do with any of that. Not none of it. Um, and in uh, Genesis uh, twenty-two fourteen, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And uh the Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, and uh, he is the God. When we understand that our father is the commander of the heavenly armies, uh, that's not a bad thought either, you know. Yeah. And Let me ask you this. Um, it, it says Jehovah Jireh means the of the Lord, it shall be seen, the Lord who sees. So where do we, where do we come up with the Jehovah Jireh, our provider. How does that get tied in with that? Because it does say that the Lord shall see. And when I looked up that Jehovah Jireh, it, that's kind of what it said in the definition as well. Yeah. And in the, the context of Genesis 22 is the offering up of Abraham, of Isaac. And of course, the Lord provided, the Lord saw the situation. I'm God that sees. I'm the God that sees whatever your need is. And right there, the big need was for the ram to be provided so Isaac wouldn't be sacrificed. He provided, and of course, Christ is what he has provided for all of us. So yeah, he sees and he provides. And you see, he sees whatever we need. I don't need what you do, but he knows what I need. And he knows what you need. And he cares because he's our father. (laughs) He's our father. He sees and he'll provide. And just like Jesus said uh, in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided. Why? He's Jehovah Jireh. He sees and he provides. Amazing. It is. Isn't it amazing? God is yes. just so good. Um, he's so wonderful. And um, I, I, it, it just blows my mind. Now let's blow our mind a little bit more. Um, let's go to a text. And here, let's just absolutely take a stick of dynamite and let's blow the Hebrew root card up with just a big stick of dynamite. Just go boom. Um, let's go to Psalm 138, verse 2. And, you know, I, 
I say that a little cynical because it they just irritate the fire out of me, and it irritates me because they're stealing truth from people. That's what's really irritating about it. Um, but let's look at Psalm 138, verse 2. Now, here's one to meditate on that'll just absolutely blow your mind. I love this. Of course, I say it about all of them, Donna. But let's mm-hmm. look at Psalm 138. Let's take it from the top. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Now, there's a little bit of our um, heavenly uh, congregation before the Elohim. And, of course, this is a messianic psalm. Jesus is actually speaking through this as he does in many of the messianic psalms. But he says here, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. The word is magnified above the name. Jesus himself. Let's let Brother Henry help us a little bit. Let's let Brother. I have met, you see, and in, uh, and of course, Jesus is the word. Right. uh, we, We have the written word. We have the word of the Lord that came to the prophets. And of course, the ultimate word is Christ himself. And he is exalted the word above every, you see, in Christ, there's the name that ever, that is above every name, Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. And he exalted the word above the name out of every revelation that had ever been given of any of the names in the Old Testament that are so wonderful and so great, he exalted the word above the name. You see, because in the name of Jesus, Jesus manifested the name of the Father to all of us, its Father. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Like Isaiah 9, 6, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. It's, It's all right there, you see. And it's the simplicity of Christ that blows us away. And he has exalted his word above all of his name. And uh, let's read Psalm 138 and verse 2 again, and we'll read Matthew Henry's comment. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name, not just the name, but all thy name, all the names, the word is magnified above them all because in Christ, he reveals the name of the father that encompasses all those names. And Paul said that at the name of Jesus, the name above every name, every knee will bow. Now, uh, this is what brother Henry said. He said, some good interpreters understand it of Christ, the essential word, and of his gospel, which are magnified above all the discoveries God had before made of himself to the fathers. That is so spot on. It's amazing. I'm going to read that again. I like it so much. I'm going to read it again. 
Some good interpreters understand it of Christ, the essential word and of his gospel, which are magnified above all the discoveries God had before made of himself to the fathers. And everything before the cross, it all pointed toward him. Everything in the sacrificial system was a type of Christ and of the sacrifice he would one day make. It all pointed toward him. And when we try to prop that up independent of him, we will go so far out left field. We'll probably not going to get back. Um, Let's read something from Thomas Manton here, another one of my favorites. And he preached a sermon on Jesus manifesting the Father's name. This is what he said. I like this pretty good tone. He said, Jesus Christ, who is the very image of God, he cometh and declareth his name, authoritatively fixeth the name of God. With authority, he fixes the name of God, our Father establisheth the gospel as the rule and direction of the church. None can so perfectly discover him. Mm. You're not going to improve on it. You don't want to try. You don't want to try to complicate it. This, in this place, as in all places, We need to come like a little child, not interpreting Christ, but believing him and receiving the revelation of the Father's name and with the relationship that goes with the revelation of that name. Thank you for watching this episode of The Doctrine of Christ. We pray it provided you with clarity and understanding. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Facebook. Leave a comment. Ask a question. You can also email us comments and questions now at thedoctrineofchristseries at gmail.com. And until next time, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you all.